It's time for faith and life to connect. I first go before God, working on who and what I am before Him and what He's calling me to be as a husband. Where our Christian walk meets our day-to-day life. Dealing with that baggage can mean anything from delaying the marriage to dealing with the baggage. For sure. And where it's okay to laugh a little. Meaningless days, I look at. <laughs> I'm looking at meaningless days and live happily with the woman you love, and I'm trying to figure out how they wind up in the same set. <laughs> We're not saying that the marriage is meaningless. Heaven forbid we say. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for clarifying that. This is The Session with Tom Russell from Heritage Christian Counseling Ministries. What triggers your potential spouse? And that you guys both agree, yeah, they are triggers, and it is, as we grow, something we have to work through. But we're going to give you sort of the grace and space to do that. Well, Merry Christmas and good morning. Thank you for listening to The Session. That's what we're doing here today. We're Faith and Life Connect. I am Scott here with Tom from Heritage Christian Counseling Ministries. And uh, Tom's a little under the weather, so pray for Tom here. Thank you. This yeah. is a this is a get Tom better day. Thank you. <laughs> we it's appreciate so it. We are going to power through today's edition of the session, and uh, that leads me to remind you that you can suggest a topic, a uh, something for us to cover, an issue to discuss anytime. You can reach out to me directly through uh, Scott on the radio on Facebook. That's my new Facebook page for me. And you can also email me, Scott, at ShineFMOhio.com. So, All right. we've gotten through Thanksgiving. We're right. headed toward Christmas. And that means some really awkward conversations with weird yeah. Uncle Don. <laughs> the guy you may not have seen since you were this big. And then there's little Aunt Millie, who's, you know, yeah. four foot two and <laughs> has to reach up to grab your cheek and twist it. <laughs> And there could also be, you know, the weird conversations with the dad you haven't seen in a while or the brother you haven't talked to in five years. Right. So we're going to talk about five tips to avoid awkward conversations at the holiday table. So that we don't turn the Christmas table into a food fight. That's exactly right. (laughs) And before we jump into this, we turn to God's Word, Tom. Well, and Scott, let's do that. Out of Colossians 4 and verse 6, Paul writes... Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Seasoned with salt. I like that. Yeah. A little extra seasoning never hurts anything. Well, and you know, what does salt do? It It improves. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So. All right. And it preserves. Yeah. So you can preserve and protect at the same time. Definitely. All right. Five tips to avoid awkward conversations at the holiday table is something we found through family life. And, you know, we begin with uh, the number one, you know, before you can do anything at at a table, you've got to set the table. That's right. That was always one of our jobs as kids. And it was supposed to be for us, too. (laughs) It's supposed to be. We fought tooth and nail Uh about it. Okay. All right. So what are we talking about here, Tom? We say set the table. Well, Scott, what we're talking about is being proactive and being prepared. So believe it or not, Family Life did a Google search and found that you can endure only 10 seconds of silence. And in the teaching community, they call it wait time. Well, in the clinical community, it's wait time too. You're waiting for someone to answer. I've had you know, times when I'm like, would you please hurry up? I'm thinking, you've got to talk or I'm going to go to sleep. <laughs> but I don't. Yeah, but the thing that becomes important is being able to 
think through and hear the response. But if we're proactive, maybe we can have things, questions ready so that when there is that silence, we're ready. And I think this is this is a great idea. That's a, that's a great a great little tip. And you're right about what we do as teachers. Right. A lot of times I ask a question and I get crickets. <laughs> so I'll just sit there and, and then sometimes I'll let that 10 seconds go by and I'll just say, this is the interactive part of the program where you begin speaking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then sometimes usually there's one, one extrovert in the class that'll say something. And, and they'll get it going. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I like the idea of planning out the conversation. So set the table. Yeah, there's there's, there's some interesting um, questions here. That, that is an example okay. that, that will trigger them, so that you avoid the landmines that could go off at the table and could cause the the mashed potatoes <laughs> to get blown up all over the place. Um, your favorite Christmas memory? If you were to think about that, do you know what yours is? Well, it's got to be the, the, the movie camera with my grandfather and the big bright lights that were out there. Yeah. And, you know, that kind of thing is the first thing I think of. Right. Uh, to me, one of my favorite Christmas memories involves with Kathy and I being parents. And, and when I took Jason out on Christmas Day, and it was 18 degrees, and we tried out his new irons on the golf course. Yeah. At 18 degrees? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the ball froze to the club. Basically, yeah. We played one hole, and, and, and the second hole was like a par three that came back toward the clubhouse. And he's like, Dad, you think we could go home? <laughs> I said, I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> but you've yeah. got the memory now, and I'll bet Jason yeah. still remembers that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and so how about like your favorite part of Christmas? When you start and think about it, what's your favorite part? Uh, it's probably the time with my family because we're uh-huh. being, all of our families are gone. Right. We're or not gone, but we're, we're the ones, only ones in Ohio. So we have Christmas just to us. Right. And we get that day to ourselves. And how about, for me, I would say Christmas Eve. Okay. I, I really like the Christmas Eve service. And then tradition is we would go back to our house and we would have cookies and eggnog. And for those who are non-eggnog people... Like me, coffee, and and usually I would have some kind of a traditional choir playing Christmas carols oh, okay. on, on, and just had an atmosphere of celebration and thankfulness for what our God did for us. Nice, isn't that cool? Yeah, yeah. Or a question like, did you go out on Black Friday? Did you go shopping? Yeah, yeah. I went to my computer and went on. <laughs> <laughs> But a cute story. This year, planning for Christmas, my wife and I had the conversation, what would you like for Christmas and what would I like for Christmas? Well, she wanted to have these pull-out shelves for the pantry where they're like drawers in the pantry. Uh And I thought, yes, this is something I can shoot at. So I call Home and Kitchen Supply here in Mansfield about it. So they're like, well, we can come Wednesday at 11, my day off. I'm like, okay, great, I'll, I'll meet you here. And then we got to talking further, and it was like going to cost an incredible amount of money. I'm thinking, okay, well, I'm going to cancel this appointment, you know, that he's coming because I'm not probably going to do that. So I forget. Oh, no. (laughs) I'm out running errands, and I get home, and my wife's like, oh, honey, we had this neatest guy knock at the door (laughs) and wanted to talk about shelves. So I'm like, oh, 
brother, I forgot. <laughs> but anyhow, we are going to have these shelves, and we figured out how we're going to do it. And that's going to be her Christmas, one of her Christmas presents. Aw. Yeah. That's nice. That's cool. All right, so, so number one, set the table, have questions ready to ask when that awkward silence hits. Right. Number two, now this one you're going to have to break down for me. <laughs> right. Because it seems kind of counterproductive just on the surface. Mm-hmm. Hire the opposition. That's right. I'm um, okay. What are we really dealing with here, Tom? Well, well, Scott, you've heard, you've seen the enemy, for it is us. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, you know, when you stop and think about Christmas dinner, family reunion, you know, everybody in town, you can probably pick out the ones who you think are going to be problem children. If, you know, when we think about Chevy Chase's Christmas vacation, yes, his cousin Eddie, I think it was Eddie, he was the one who was a little bit, uh, shall we say, socially awkward and didn't completely have a, I'm not sure he knew what manners were. So anyway... You take that individual, and what you do is you proactively ahead of time give them some ownership, some job that they're in charge of. Maybe it's the coffee. Maybe it's in charge of, of hanging up coats or, or you know, something so that they feel more important and they have attention. Ah. Right. So they don't have to draw the attention to themselves. They've already right. got it. Right. Okay. And if it's the relative that you're close enough to go up to them beforehand and say, now, we are not going to talk about this when we have everybody here. We're uh-huh. not. There are other people out there, Tom, who don't want to talk about golf. <laughs> so, Tom, we're not going to talk about golf today. On the, yeah, the, yeah, but something like that. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that's higher the app. Okay. So that that's almost kind of a lighter version of that. That's what we used to do with the kids when we got uh, Sherry's family all together and we had Christmas up in Michigan. The uh, task of the uh, the the children, the youngest child actually, who right. was mobile, was right. to go get the drink orders from everybody. There. And that yeah. would be like fifteen people. Uh huh. And they're running around getting. They got their pad of paper and they're trying to write down these drink orders. How cool! And they're ordering this really weird stuff, and the uh-huh. kids just looking at them like, "What's that, Uncle Tom?" <laughs> <laughs> Milk. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> okay. So number three kind of sounds like a corollary to number two. We've set the table, right. hired the opposition, and this kind of sounds like number two a little bit. Debone arguments ahead of time. And there's a real theme there, and I think that's a major key: is being proactive ahead of time to set the table, to set the stage. Okay. So, you know, someone may be capable of saying something like, "I have a bone to pick with you." Well, okay, but not at the dinner table. That's a boundary. Okay. Not during our family Christmas. Pick well, the bone out of the turkey leg, not out of me. There you go. <laughs> yes, that would be much better. So that was the author's mother's favorite phrase when she was about to start an argument. So, Mom, we're not going to do that now. <laughs> do you realize there are other people here who really don't care about that, do not want to hear that? Or may not know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We don't need to light up the uh, family gossip thread on, on our texting. Right. And so those high-risk people, we want to reach out to them and ask questions like, well, how are you feeling about seeing grandma today? Or how do you feel about, you know, your Christmas so far? Or what's, what's your favorite part? So that 
we keep them distracted. There you go. What yeah. are you What are you doing for New Year's? Yeah. Uh-huh. There Just we make go. sure it doesn't turn into an invitation yeah. to come back for New Year's Eve. Well, yeah. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> really important. And one of the things I think it's really a good question for some of us older folks at the Christmas table is to ask, how many of you are going to actually stay awake until the ball comes down at midnight? <laughs> What game do you want to play after dinner? Yeah, right. And get uh-huh. us talking about card games or something like that. That was always a big one at our house. And so, you know, you can talk about how vacations went. So what you're doing is you're taking the potential troublemaker and you're giving them attention and keep and letting them experience what could be positive. But I also believe, too, that when you have a group like that together, the anxiety level inside of some, if we don't do something to break the ice is going to be challenging. One of the things associated with anxiety is tension. You feel this tension in here. And one way that we've talked about in the past that they get rid of this unhealthy tension is to say something terribly uh, difficult or hurtful or uncomfortable for somebody, and boom, the battle's on. Yeah, and the, and here goes the mashed potatoes. <laughs> and I like those mashed potatoes. <laughs> Doggone it. You put sour cream in them this year just for me. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about five ways to avoid awkward conversations at the dinner table from Family Life today on the session. And if you came in the middle and went, oh, my gosh, I need to go through this whole list. Right. Well, I'll have the show doc for you, and you can listen to the entire program on the podcast network at shinefmohio.com. Number four on the list. Pivot away from awkward conversations. I kind of see a theme developing here, Tom. It's the idea of being proactive yeah. and getting out in front of stuff. Don't let it come to you. You get out in front of it, and as Barney Fife used to say, nip it in the bud. Yes, definitely. And nipping it in the bud is really a great idea. And so how about when we pray a blessing over the food, we could actually pray a specific scripture, which that's a whole bigger picture but a great treatment thought, a great way to, when you're hurting, as an example, pray the Psalms and personalize them. That's a little bit of a rabbit trail, maybe the topic of another uh, show. So this is what Paul says. And I think if we followed this recipe in Philippians 4, 8, and it became our life mission, life would really be good. He says, following brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about those things. You'll notice fantasy football is not in that list. (laughs) That's true. Sorry, Scott. I don't know. Maybe it's in the new modern-day English version. (laughs) That would be the uh, the almost-inspired version. And so if the conversation focuses on that in the prayer over the meal— is Lord help us to be talking about what is true and what is noble, what is right and lovely. Let's glorify him during this time. It doesn't mean you can't talk about your favorite vacation or your favorite part of Christmas, but let's do it in a way that honors him. Would it be another way to nip this in the bud and kind of pivot away would be to kind of put a theme to it beyond just the meal? It's like, Especially if you've got family that is distanced. You know, we right. haven't seen each other for a year, year and a half, especially in the season we're in now. What if we made it a, hey, bring your wedding album. 
bring your oh, bring yeah. a photo album of the year and we can kind of catch up on what everybody's been doing what a great idea make sure you uh it used to be at our house uh grandpa would get out the movie projector and okay we'd watch movies from the cabin in the summer at christmas time right and we'd all warm up <laughs> yeah <laughs> but stuff yeah. like that would that right. be bring your favorite board game we'll all play board games yeah something like that would really be good so it's another way of looking at proactive approach to what we're doing okay good stuff well you you moved right into number five tom so look at this we got through five things in one show oh my gosh i know celebration time and you you kind of went right into it pray a blessing over your holiday table but you know what this can be you can be proactive here too right. and do that before anybody shows up Oh, why not? What a great idea. Oh, Lord, give me the patience to put my hand <laughs> no. Praying over the oven to make sure it doesn't burn the turkey would be helpful. But, yeah. I, you know, pray over the table. Walk by each seat and pray for each person that's going to be at the table. Wow. That's really good. That's all. Yeah. yeah. Doggone Baptist. They get all radical <laughs> like that at Christmas time. <laughs> yeah. Good. So what can we do to encourage people here again, Tom, as we get toward this time of year? You know, what else can we encourage people with here as we kind of wrap up today? Well, I think one that's really important is let's not forget the reason for the season that we're talking about. Let's remember this is about celebrating our loving God sending his son for us. You know, we had this conversation Sunday in our small group. When you think about what it was like in the Old Testament, for people to come into God's presence. And they had to go into the tabernacle and then they had to be pure and clean and done all their right sacrifices in order to go into the inner tabernacle where you know they would see God. And it took that then. But because he loved us so much and he sent his son, that because we received his son, we can go boldly before our God. What a gift. What a gift. And maybe that's the focus toward where we want to be at the Christmas dinner table. Absolutely. Now, Tom, if someone uh, is dealing with a family situation, sometimes being able to sit down and just talk through some stuff to help defuse arguments would be uh, helpful as well. How can someone start a conversation with you? I can be reached at heritagechristiancounselingministries.com. And remember the show doc. I'll have these five tips to avoid awkward conversations at the holiday table on our podcast website at the podcast network at shinefmohio.com. <laughs> 